1: and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right back. Simons in the handoff. Ken cuts to the left. First down and more. 30, 25, 20. Simonton on his way. Ken into the end zone. Touchdown Beavers. And the streak is going to end here tonight. Black snap on target to Woidnick. He gets a much better punt away here. Sammy Strader back to his 30-yard line. Starts up the middle. Gets to 40. He's got a seam. 45 midfield. 45-40. He's got a chance to go. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Beavers! Monumental sort of Black Suits running in. Nod your head. The Black Suits. Let me see you nod your head like this. Let me see you nod your head like this. Let me see you nod
0: Welcome to Illegal tonight. Participation, Whatever the official pass, pass, podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co-host and brother, the beach beach was a great weekend you know, to be a beaver.
1: It was, it just occurred to me on your intro. You, you know, for the last, I don't know, year or so you switched it up. You used to be the, the chief bottle washer, Uh-huh. but you're not anymore. Is that because you make Jessica do it?
0: I never thought about that. I don't make her <laughs> do anything. She loved, she wants to support me and all the stupid crap I do. And okay. so she has taken upon herself to be the uh, main dishwasher, and I appreciate the hell out of it. So, yeah. Okay. But I didn't, okay. I didn't think okay. about that. No, I was just trying to change it up.
1: Okay. But, no, going back to your first comment, our first question, Billy, it's a great day to be a beaver.
0: Great, great day. What we'd almost uh, call a perfect weekend.
1: It was a perfect week. I, I would dare say it was a perfect weekend. I would,
0: I would dare say that, too. But we will get there in due time, will we not? We will. Right. I want to remind everyone where the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk Beaver Sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting and generally stupid every week. If you want to get in touch with us, um, com at Tailgator on Twitter, Tailgator on Facebook. We don't do TikTok because we don't trust the Chinese.
1: No damn rights, we don't. <laughs>
0: Taiwan right. is not China.
1: Taiwan is not China.
0: I know. Thank Danu. I, I hope Hong Kong got lost. I hope Taiwan doesn't. Um, it was funny. I was telling my employees that, and they were like, you on TikTok?" And I'm like, no, it's just too much crap. I, I don't care, especially for stupid little videos like that. And they go, Oh, but it's so great. And I'm like, well, I don't trust the Chinese. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, all the facial re- technology, all the facial recognition stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not down with it. So, Nope. So, I don't need to go there, wasting my time. It's all a waste of my time. I waste my time on enough other stuff. I don't need to waste my time on that. Absolutely. Anyways, Beach, are you ready to talk a little Beaver sports for the last week?
1: Yeah, I heard uh, some good news from the soccer teams this week.
0: Well, we're going to start with women's volleyball, which was not so good news.
1: You know, something that should get me excited, and it just seems like every week it's a disappointment. Yep. you're you like my love life.
0: Yeah, say I like your dating life. Um, <laughs> Oregon State Volleyball fell to number 19 Utah in three sets on Friday night in Salt Lake City.
1: At least they're getting to see some beautiful say- states.
0: Yep. Well, then they went to Boulder, Colorado, and they dropped a three-set match to number 24 Colorado. Mm-hmm. And, and with that loss, the Bees fell to 2-12 and 12 overall, 0-4 in Pac-12 play. This is why we say you got to win all your non-conference games and then hope to go about about five hundred in conference if you want to make the uh, the tournament. Because the Pac-12 not, is just
1: brutal. I was gonna say they're not doing very well.
0: No, yeah, nineteen Utah, number twenty-four Colorado. You know, Washington's ranked, Stanford's ranked, UCLA's ranked. Yeah, Arizona State's probably ranked. Arizona's probably ranked. Oregon's ranked. Just it's brutal.
1: Oregon is ranked.
0: Yep, pretty much. Um, Oregon State will open their home slate for the 2021 season on Friday at 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Networks against Stanford. and This will mark the first time OSU has played a home volleyball match in front of fans since 2019.
1: Might have to say that in front of fan. Um, that was a little yeah,
0: cruel. It was. <laughs> TB just so. got some sleep. He's uh, <laughs> he's on top of his game tonight.
1: I, I did I did sleep last night. Oh my God! I don't know when. I, what time did I leave your place?
0: Pretty damn late. It was probably eleven something. Okay, so I probably
1: got home around twelve. Yeah. Didn't have to
0: take a nap on the way, so that was good. I was yeah. I
1: was wide awake the whole time. Yeah. But um, I slept in until like eight o'clock this morning, which is that's like sleeping in for me. Nice. Because normally I get up around four. Yeah. And so, so no, it was nice.
0: Nice. Did some laundry and then went to work. Anyway, go on. Oh, well, Beach, let's move on to some women's soccer. Oh, soccer. The Oregon State women's soccer team topped number 7 Stanford 2-1 on Thursday for its first road win against the Cardinal in program history. Really? Yeah, first time ever they've won in Palo Alto. Now, with that victory, the Beefs have now defeated Stanford two of the last three meetings dating back to February 28, 2021. After the two teams split last season with a win each, because huh. remember the soccer team played basically in the winter spring last year. Yeah, yeah. But so, then on Sunday beach, but then on Sunday beach, uh, the team fell two to one at Berkeley. Freaking cow. Yep. The bees return to Lorenz Field to host Arizona State on October seventh at six p.m. and Arizona on October tenth at one. So a couple of home games for them this week.
1: You know, if soccer wasn't such a boring sport to watch, I'd like to go
0: to that. You know, um, when we're putting up, when we used to put the tent up at night on on Friday evenings, um, uh-huh. we kind of peer in and watch some of the games, and it's not. It, it's not bad. I don't mind watching it on TV if I can have some other stuff going on, but it's not something that's going to hold my attention for hours on end.
1: You, you know, when I was a kid, I played soccer and I enjoyed playing it. I agree, but I, I just don't think it, it's more fun to play than it is to watch. I agree. So to me,
0: it's a lot of jogging. Yeah. With yeah with with moments of excitement
1: and moments of uh, massive acting.
0: Yeah. All right, Beach, on to yeah. men's soccer. Oh,
1: they, they kicked me. He hit me. Oh, yeah, pretty much. I, yeah. I broke a nail.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little men's soccer. The Oregon State men's soccer team overcame a two-goal deficit to take down number 23 UCLA 4-3 to three last Thursday evening at Lawrence Field. The Beavs trailed 3-1 to one in the 65th minute but found the net three times in a stretch of just over three minutes to secure the victory. So that wow. that kind of that kind of changes their thing. They th- scored three three goals in three minutes.
1: Oh, they, 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 they scored more in three minutes than I can score in three years.
0: There you go. Uh, the Oregon State men's soccer team then earned its second straight win over a ranked opponent on Sunday, as they took down number thirteen San Diego State two to nothing at Lorenz Field. With that win, wow. They, yep, with that win, the Beavs moved to six one and one on the season and two and zero in Pac twelve play. And I would imagine with those wins, they got to be getting close to getting ranked themselves. Cool. Yep. And this week, Beach the beeves will hit the road for matchups at Stanford and Cal. Okay. A little bit of cross-country news. The Oregon State women's cross-country team finished fourth as a team with 123 points at the Charles Bowles invite hosted by Willamette on Saturday in Salem. Freshman Aline Gola was the first Beaver to cross the finish line, placing seventh overall. The Bees will be back in action on October 15th and 16th, splitting the squad between Wisconsin's Netticum Invitational in Madison, Wisconsin, on Friday, and the Lewis and Clark Invitational, hosted by Lewis and Clark in Portland, on Saturday. So they've got so many people, and I think they can only enter so many um, runners in events, so they're splitting up the team for two different ones. Because remember we were talking a couple weeks ago that there were so many people that ran for the team, and a couple people were like unaffiliated. Yeah. So. So that's that's kind of cool. And uh, beads, we got a little bit of uh, football news. Okay. Um, this one o- outside
1: of the outside of the game. I'm
0: outside sure. of the game, yes. Um, some of this is a week old, but we we record early, so some of this stuff isn't announced until after record but last week oregon state running back bj baylor was named the pac-12 offensive player of the week and nathan eldridge was selected as the conference's offensive lineman of the week
1: our um, our, offensive, USC. Our, our offensive line is looking good they are um we, we seem to be well did we didn't even give up a sack la, uh, last week did we
0: didn't no, you say we no. didn't have any? They had no negative plays. Yeah, no negative
1: plays. I mean, that that speaks volumes for a line,
0: mm-hmm. for an offensive
1: line. Correct.
0: And also wow. last week, Beach, Oregon State quarterback Chance Nolan was named the Rose Bowl Pac-12 Player of the Week. He was selected for the honor by a 15-person committee. He went 15 of 19 for 213 yards and four TDs in that 45-27 win over USC in L.A. He also tallied a 52-yard punt which would be the longest punt of the year for seven FBS schools. Wow. Yeah, so they did that quick kick where they lined up on fourth down like they were going to go, and then he dropped mm-hmm. back and quick kicked it and got a 52-yard yeah. punt out of it. So. Hmm. And then this week, Beach, Oregon State redshirt senior Andres Hughes-Murray was named a finalist for the prestigious William V. Campbell Trophy, the National Football Foundation and College Hall of Fame announced. The honor is given annually to the nation's top collegiate football scholar-athlete who shows combined academic success, football performance, and exemplary leadership. Now, it's the third consecutive year Hughes-Murray has been named a semifinalist. He's a four-time Pac-12 academic selection, as a 27 and 2018 All-Academic Honorable Mention selection, and in 2019 and 2020 as an ad- academic honor roll pick. Mm. So getting it done on the field and in the classroom.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Billy. Yeah. Hold on here. I do. Okay, hold on. Sometimes
1: I think I hear before you do. I think so. I'm working. So hold on. Hold on a little bit more. There we go. Oh, that was a long one. Yeah, that's what she said. All right. Hey, Billy. Yes, Beej. This just in, Eugene emergency medical centers inundated with phone calls Saturday afternoon with potential COVID infections. Tens of hundreds of phone calls came into hospitals and medical centers on Saturday throughout Eugene with individuals complaining of massive headaches, vomiting, and watery eyes. After dozens of phone interviews, doctors and other medical professionals determined that these were not COVID symptoms but acute cases of severe depression. While the doctors are unsure what caused this local episode, they said it is temporary, and even the worst cases should fully recover in 11 months. And this has been your update from Eugene.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think there probably is a lot of that setting in down there in Eugene. A lot of watery eyes. A lot lot of watery eyes. 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 Well, with that... Should we go under for the review for week number five in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line.
1: Touchdown! The touchdown! Let's do this, Billy. All
0: what right, beach. Weekend.
1: What a All weekend
0: right. <laughs> it was. Okay, so we'll first talk about our our list here heading into the week. You were in the lead at twenty-six out of thirty-three. I was at twenty-two out of thirty-three, and Kyle, poor Kyle. I still hate you, Kyle. He was sitting at twenty out of thirty-three, and we'll just say before we head in, Kyle didn't have a great week. <laughs> so, all right. So first up, Beach. All of the games were on Saturday. We had a lot of good football to watch.
1: Oh. Well, we had one that was. I, I love you know. I love it when we watch at the tailgater. You yeah. know and everybody, and it's a good game, and everybody starts watching. Yeah. So anyway, yeah.
0: okay. All right, so first up, beach we had USC at Colorado. Well, uh, you and I both took USC,
1: and Kyle took those uh, pot smokers over in Colorado. Yep.
0: USC wide receiver Drake London caught nine passes for 130 yards and a TD in SC's 37-14 to 14 route of Colorado on Saturday. Included in his highlight reel performance were several draw-dropping receptions that left the Buffaloes in the crowd of nearly 50,000 awestruck. Now London's 31-yard grab set up the first of Parker Lewis's three field goals to start the scoring, and he had receptions of 29 and 28 yards on USC's next drive, which culminated with his one-handed touchdown grab from the one. The Buffaloes now fell to 0-15 lifetime against Southern Cal, with their fourth consecutive loss since a win in their opener over lower division Northern Colorado for Colorado. Brendan Lewis was held a 10 of 17 passing for 162 yards. He was also intercepted once and sacked five times. The buffs converted just one of 10 third downs and failed on a fourth down try.
1: I kind of feel sorry for Colorado. Yeah, but you know what? We, 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 A lot of teams get into that rut, and you just have to go through it. Well,
0: and USC so. still has great athletes. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're coached well, but they have great athletes.
1: And, and that's half the battle. Is yep. Half the battle is, well, is athletes, so, the other half is coaching. And if you don't have either, you're going to yeah. struggle. Well,
0: and you remember that Drake London from last week, he was the one that kept getting um, penalties called on our DBs against. Mm-hmm. The guy's a freaking machine. I mean, he's got NFL written all over him. And he's big, and he's strong, and he's fast. And it just shows you the kind of battle that our guy was in against him. And so, yeah, yeah he took I mean, a lot we, of penalties. We took,
1: it to, we, we took a ton of penalties, but we didn't give up a lot of passes. Well, but
0: but you, don't give up the, you don't give up the home runs. Yeah. So, yep. Anyway, so you and I got the win there. Kyle did not. Next up, beats the game we were very – Interested in at the tailgater Oregon Mm -hmm. at Stanford?
1: Well, you and Kyle took those hippie ducks, or and
0: I took uh, the Cardinal. Cardinal, that's correct. Stanford, how'd
1: that turn out, Billy? How'd How'd that turn out, Billy?
0: Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee threw a TD pass on an untimed down at the end of regulation to tie the game, and another on the opening possession of overtime to lead Stanford to a 31-24 victory on Saturday. McKee came back after leaving for a play on the final drive of regulation with injured ribs to tie it on a two-yard pass to Elijah Higgins after a holding penalty by Oregon in the end zone extended the game by one play. Now, the Ducks appears poised for their first 5-0 start in eight years when they rallied from 10 points down at halftime to take a 24-17 lead early in the fourth quarter on Anthony Brown's second TD run of the game. But when McKee delivered the big plays late and the Cardinal capitalized on three Oregon penalties on the game-tying 87-yard drive in the final 159 of regulation. So it was a great game.
1: Yeah yeah i it was a great game i read a couple of uh, uh or i shouldn't say a couple i read one article where it's oh the refs kept kept stanford in the game wow. well yeah maybe but maybe it was the fact that they were holding that uh, kept them in the game
0: yeah so, well and it's funny
1: because because they said there was a they, they said there was about three penalties right towards the last couple of minutes of regulation i
0: think yeah well there was a but, there was a targeting you know, penalty they're also down to the last couple yeah. There was a target yeah, targeting. Was it,
1: was it a targeting penalty? Bees, get a review I mean,
0: I, I actually, I have the 60 and 60 on right in front of me right now. And I just saw it uh-huh. a couple minutes ago. And yes, it could be called targeting. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like what they called, but I'm an old school football guy. I don't yeah. like sometimes what they call targeting. Um, I don't mind I don't think you should hit a guy in the head right mm-hmm. but yeah sometimes they call it and it's like the guy the the guy doing the tackling kept his face up and the the person the the ball runner or the receiver is dropping their head to meet contact and so mm-hmm. to me that's a bad form on the the ball runner but you're rewarding the ball runner with that penalty. Yeah. Um, so it's different. My thing, it's different hitting somebody with your helmet than hitting them with your face mask. Now, if you're going face mask to face mask or face mask to ear hole, that's a little different. I also don't mm-hmm. like some of their blind side block calls because again, you're rewarding a guy for not, you know, he's running one way but he's looking the other. So mm-hmm. his his body and his shoulders are facing one way, but his head's looking the other way. So if you're going to call a penalty on the guy throwing the block, you're rewarding the guy for having for not keeping his head on a swivel, for not looking yeah. in front yeah. of him, right? Yeah. It's, and so, it's not my fault you didn't look my way. Exactly. Hey, you're running yeah. one way but looking the other and I'm just here. Now, I guess you yeah. could not level the guy. So that's a way to avoid it, but it's one of those things where I don't necessarily like it now when it comes to the holding, how many many times,
1: how many times do you see a tackle where if they don't level the guy, they avoid the tackle? Yeah. True. Yeah. You know, Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: But I also understand what they're trying to do. They've got to take some of the huge collisions out of the game because they don't want people getting seriously hurt. Mm -hmm. So remember the only reason why the NCAA exists is because of football. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, no, I did not know that. So literally, there was guys dying and getting paralyzed playing football. And Teddy Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, basically put an ultimatum out, said, you need to fix this or the government's going to fix it for you because we can't have young men paralyzed and dying on the football field as much as he liked the sport. And so that's where the NCAA was created to help put in rules and establish establish things to try and make the game a little bit safer.
1: I had no idea.
0: Yeah. There you go. Just learned you something. Yeah, I you know I
1: I find our podcast very educational. Hopefully yeah. our our list, our listener does too.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so uh, president Teddy Roosevelt did that. But now when it came to the holding call, the pass it wasn't pass interference, it was holding. You know, Stanford has Big, tall, long, strong receivers. And they Mm -hmm. know how to go down there, kind of run that little fade route to the corner of the end zone, and if they don't catch it, they know how to draw that call. Remember a few years ago, they did it against Oregon State like three times in a row. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And they kept being pass interference or holding in the end zone. So Uh they're going to go again. Oh, pass interference in the end zone. They just kept doing it. And basically that's what they did to Oregon. And it was a good play. I mean, it, could it be called? Yeah. Could it not be called? Possibly. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, when they call it, it's like, yeah, I can totally see that call. So, anyways. But, yeah, so Stanford won. And uh, Oregon did not.
1: So, <sighs> That's half of a perfect day right there.
0: Half of a perfect day in Beaverland right there. All right. So, uh, you did get the win. Kyle and I did not. Next up was Washington State at Cal,
1: and I took, I took the Cougs on this one, and you guys both took the hippies.
0: We did. Washington State quarterback Jaden Delora passed for three touchdowns, two to Calvin Jackson Jr., who made a spectacular one headed grab near the corner of the end zone, and Washington State beat Cal twenty one to six on Saturday. Now Playing for the first time since suffering a leg injury against Southern Cal two weeks ago, Delora matched his career-best 25 completions on 41 attempts for 219 yards with two interceptions to help the Cougs to their first win at Memorial Stadium since 2013. Now Cal quarterback Chase Garbers failed to throw a touchdown pass for the first time this season and was limited to 152 yards passing, 44 of them coming on one play for the Golden Bears. Hmm. Yep. So the Cougs hadn't won in Berkeley since 2013.
1: It's uh, quite a long time.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, so and yeah. if you have a chance, Beej, um Calvin Jackson Jr. His one-handed grab in the end zone for the mm-hmm. touchdown was impressive. Really. The way he had to extend and and turn his body to grab the ball with one hand and still get a foot down and control it. It was amazing. It was called incomplete, and then they had to review it, and you're reviewing it. If you have a chance to watch it, it's an impressive grab. It's one of the most athletic catches I've ever seen. Mm. Just just how he had to contort himself to make the grab, and then just grab it with one hand and just... I mean, the ball didn't move, and still get his foot down. It was impressive.
1: And then he gets gets redeemed in the review.
0: Yep, yep. Yep, so Washington State looked okay. Cal... Just looked bad. Cal looked bad.
1: We don't play Cal this year, correct?
0: We cl- we play Cal every year. They're in the oh, we play Cal every year. Yep. I'm, the I'm sorry. They play at Cal in a couple weeks.
1: Okay, that's what it is. We yep. play them down there. Down
0: there in middle of November. Okay. So. But yeah. So, Harry mm. Beach, um, you got the win there. Kyle and I did not. Um, yeah, Cal just doesn't look. Good. Um, Next up, Arizona State at UCLA.
1: Well, you took the send devils and I took bitch tits, Chip Kelly.
0: Yes, you did. ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels passed for 286 yards and threw two TD passes to Ricky Pearsall, and Arizona State used big plays in a convincing 42-23 victory at the Rose Bowl. Now, the Devils were forced to punt on their first drive before scoring on their next five to take control of the game and likely the Pac-12 South Division. Now, four wow. of Daniel's completions went for 47 or more yards. Two of them were touchdowns to Pierce Hall in the second quarter. A 65-yard screen that tied it at 14, followed by a 50-yard, 54-yard reception where their junior beat Alicia Goodroy in coverage to give Arizona State a 24-20 lead. Now, Pearsall finished with 132 yards on four catches. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson accounted for 328 yards. The junior was 21 of 32 for 235 yards passing, along with 93 yards rushing on 18 carries. Kyle Phillips had a TD catch for the fourth straight game, and tight end Greg Dulich had nine receptions for 136 yards for the Bruins. Hmm. Yeah, just yeah, UCLA's defense didn't look good. They just, they just weren't there. Well, and actually, it was twenty-four, twenty-three at halftime, and then UCLA was uh, um, blanked in the second half. They couldn't move the ball. Hmm. So,
1: so whatever Harry, uh, whatever plan uh, ASU put together is the right plan to shut down Chip Kelly. Yep.
0: So Beach, huh. you got the win there, or you got the loss? Kyle and I got the Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at what I scratched out. So okay. you got three wins on the week. I got two. Kyle one. So Kyle is now at 21 out of 37. I'm at 24 out of 37, and you are at 29 out of 37.
1: It's looking good for me.
0: You're looking pretty good. All right, Beach, and on to the last game of the week, the one that we care about: Washington at Oregon State.
1: It was uh, it was a great game.
0: It was. B.J. Baylor had 20 carries for 111 yards and two TDs. Everett Hayes kicked a 24-yard field goal as time expired. And Oregon State beat Washington 27-24 to on Saturday. Oregon State snapped a nine-game losing streak to Washington and is 2-0 in conference play for the first time since 2013. Now, a strip sack of Oregon State quarterback Chance Nolan by Fatui Tutelli at the OSU 19 and fellow defensive lineman Sam Tamani's recovery and 13-yard fumble return set up Sean McGrew's 6-yard touchdown run, giving Washington the lead at 24-17 with 10.02 left. But back came the Beavers. A 19-yard run on reverse-to-right receiver Anthony Gould, followed by Gould's 22-yard reception, set up B.J. Baylor's 27-yard run to tie the game at 24-24, with 6.35 remaining. Washington quarterback Dylan Morris was then stopped inches short of a first down on a fourth-and-one direct snap run near midfield at the 3.18 mark. The spot was upheld on an official's review. Washington had 318 yards to 290 for the beeves, and limited Oregon State quarterback Chance Nolan to just 48 yards passing. So Nolan Beeves this week did not have a good game.
1: No, our passing was... It was horrible.
0: horrible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen a game with 48 yards passing since maybe the pettibone years
1: yeah i mean like
0: and then i can remember having like 16 yards passing but but yeah this he he didn't look decisive Mm -hmm. um his passes didn't look crisp one of his interceptions did he have one or two i think Um, i think he only had one
1: but that that one one, was
0: pathetic it was pathetic and he just floated it out there it's like dude the guy's wide open how do you miss that and yeah. then when he did have a couple good passes, receivers just dropped him. His best pass was the one to Gould that went for 22 yards in a first down.
1: That was just dead on. That was I mean, perfect. Just,
0: he laid, yeah. it, laid it right in there and to Gould, cut kind of across the middle, hit him in stride, and that was perfect.
1: Well, and that, that, uh, that last drive of Washington's, that stop, was, was just beautiful on our defense. Oh,
0: that was, that was great. Um, I will and, say, though, that the one drive where they went to, to tie the game the Beavs had him at a third and eighteen, and let him off the hook. You know they they should have put mm-hmm. their foot on their throat right there. You got third mm-hmm. and eighteen, and you can't get a stop. That's 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 tough. But um, no, I thought uh, Nolan, like I said, that that pass looked great. And then when it came down to the end there with the uh, the timeouts and running out the clock, I thought it was perfect. Once Washington. Whoa, well. Once Washington, well managed. Yep, once Washington ran through their timeouts, it's like run it down and make that kick on the last play of the game. And then that, that, that way you're not going to lose at that point, yeah. right? It's like yeah. we're going to kick it and try to win it or we're going to overtime.
1: And, well, and I always tell people. We know, we, we know how you can lose in the last minute. And exactly. A half.
0: <laughs> and I always tell people when you're at home, it benefits you going to overtime. Mm-hmm. If you're on the road, you know, Overtime isn't a great thing, but at home, go to overtime. It, it it well, it's better for the home team.
1: Billy, let's talk briefly too about that that uh, BS, uh, reception, non-reception.
0: Oh, we're not
1: reviewable field goal, no field goal.
0: Well, that's what sucked, right? So, the the play you're talking about is on Nolan down towards mm-hmm. the Beavs' end zone. And yep. he, he was scrambling over to his right. He kind of jumped up and out of bounds and completed a pass, which would have been a first down to I believe Tyjon Lindsey. Mm-hmm. And it was he was called out of bounds, and then it wasn't reviewed. So the Beavs had to they, run the but run. They, their, but run they their,
1: stopped. Did, but they stopped it. Did we call a timeout? Supposedly, possibly.
0: But we ran our kicking team out there to to kick the field to goal. to kick the field goal. They which actually the, they, the, the, they the, the, the The timeout was called, be it by the officials or Oregon State. It had to be by Oregon State because they charged the Beavers for the timeout. But they're trying to get clarification on why that's not a reviewable play, mm-hmm. which makes sense. But basically, what they're saying is once he was called out of bounds, then the play's dead. The play's dead, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Be, and you. I, I guess I can kind of understand that because if they blew the whistle and called the play dead, then that's going to impact if he did receive catch the ball, it's going to impact the defense from pursuing.
0: Possibly. But, you know, they don't they they do say that if there's a fumble on a play and the whistle blows, but the action has continued and somebody recovers it, they'll award it to that guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They go, even though it was called dead, it was a fumble, and, you know, the guy was jumping on it as the whistle blew, so we're going to give it to him. Which it seems like you could at least, it seems like it, it, this kind of play isn't very common, right? So yeah. it's, it's kind of one of those weird things. Like in the NFL, you have to have two feet in bounds, correct?
1: Mm hmm. Correct. Or,
0: or one knee. Mm hmm. But how many times are you catching a football? on the goal on the sideline with one knee in bounds.
1: Not very often. Not very
0: often, but one knee equals two feet in the NFL. So it's weird that they've got a rule for that. But that's like this. It's like it seems like it should be rewarding you should have rewarded the guy or award the guy the ball at the point where he catched it but not give him any progress if he kept running. Yeah. Possibly. But that's not the way it works. That the rule isn't set up for that. I guess they could change it if they want to, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sucked, but then the Beavs got retroactively charged the timeout after then, they had, and, and then and they and they got the field goal. They they actually went through and kicked the field goal before they stopped play to talk about that non catch, mm-hmm. which he actually completed that field goal. And then when they actually had to kick the field goal again, he missed it. So yeah. they just got screwed like every which way from Sunday right there.
1: And and I and I'd say that kind of set me up for being very nervous for that final field goal. Uh,
0: a little bit, a little bit. But yeah, the other ones I mean, he would nailed. And you know, um, when they got down there, and I don't know if you, I don't know if everyone else noticed this. I was trying to point it out to you and and Dad and people sitting around us. But Washington was not trying to tackle our ball runners at the end of that at the end of that drive.
1: No, no. And and you mentioned when the, he got and, down to the five. The
0: Yeah, when he got down to the five, I'm like, I don't think they were trying to tackle him. And then I watched the replay, and I'm like, they were kind of making motions towards him, but they weren't trying to tackle him. No, He had just stumbled getting through the line and fell down at the five. But if he would have stayed on his feet, they would have let him score because they wanted the ball back to try and score themselves. And really, the thing that scared me was if Washington went with that wildcat because they would put that McGrew back and take the direct snap. The wildcat is where it's not the quarterback taking the snap from center. It's usually a running back or a wide receiver. So they had that McGrew taking that. And that's that one long touchdown run they had. That was him. And And and
1: they they were successful with that play most of the
0: night. Exactly. And the Beavs were having trouble stopping that. So, you know, if they would have gone to that, I don't know what, that that was worrying me. Yeah. Well,
1: one thing about it, though, uh, Jonathan Smith did a great job with time management. It was perfect. And uh, much Much Probably the best I've ever seen an Oregon State coach handle the clock. Yeah. No, that was perfect.
0: He was running it down. He had Nolan move the ball to the middle of the field and take a knee. Then they took a couple more knees. And then on third down, when they still had a timeout left, they snapped the ball, and they basically ran a fake up the middle and damn near put it in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, that was great because they caught Washington napping a little bit because – you know, they were thinking Oregon State was just going to take another knee. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of caught napping, pushed down. Damner got in, but, you know, ran the time down, called the timeout with four seconds left. Got, and got, then,
1: got that much closer to the end. To yep. the,
0: uh, and, we're, and we're still right dead set, you know, dead square in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Gave Everett Hayes the perfect shot right down the middle to, to, to win. So, yeah, it was great.
1: Great day to be a beaver.
0: was a great day and a perfect weekend. Mm-hmm. Perfect weekend. Perfect weekend in our house. beeves win, ducks lose. Huh. Perfect weekend and a great tailgate. Oh, oh,
1: and, and we forgot the best part of the uh, Oregon Stanford game. Oh yeah. So I mean, you posted that picture fact, of it. Yeah, was was the fact that the drummer in the Stanford band when they were playing the national anthem had in tape on his drum, "Go Beeves.
0: Yeah. Well, the Stanford band is—they have no faculty advisor
1: and no ethics,
0: yeah, no standards, and, and so they are on—they are on their own when it comes to what they do, um, and they do a lot of stuff and get in trouble. Um, <laughs> they did a halftime show at USC one time where they went out and played and paid in a tribute to—he was a USC alum and it was the guy that started the Girls Gone Wild videotape series. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, no. They played an ode to him. It was horrible. And they got banned from performing a couple times. Uh, Let me see if I
1: can. What did did they do? Just have like hot naked chicks going around? Let me
0: me see here if I can find it.
1: The other one they did was they played BYU one time. And they performed marriages out in the middle of the field. Oh, yeah. Where they pronounced you man and wife and wife and wife. Wife and and wife.
0: wife, yeah. So this was in 2010. The Stanford band ridiculed USC by mocking one of its less venerable graduates, Girls Gone Wild founder Joe Francis, during a halftime performance. A band member said the following, With that said, USC can't take all the credit for the success of its students. After all, it takes a special kind of man to be wanted for sexual harassment, drug trafficking, tax evasion, prostitution, child abuse, and disruptive flagellants. But that's just the kind of captain of industry Joe Francis is. Wow! <laughs> and like I said, they got banned for that. They get in trouble all the time. So, and people remember that the the tree is not Stanford's mascot; it's the band's mascot. Stanford is the cardinal, as in the color, and the tree is the which, symbol which for play- Stanford. But the, the tree mascot is the band's mascot.
1: Yeah, and the, and the color strikes uh, fear in the uh, hearts of well, all of their Well, but components.
0: see, Stanford went politically correct back in the 70s because they used to be the Stanford Indians. And so they went from the Indians to just the colored cardinal. Was it back color. in
1: the 70s or I thought it was in the
0: 80s? No, it was in the 70s. Let's see when they changed. No, I can't pull this out of my... ask. Uh, Ass? Uh, yeah, like I did with the Teddy Roosevelt thing. Um, 1970,
1: really, In November
0: of 1970, a group of natives presented to the acting dean of students a petition objecting to another incarnation of the Indian mascot. Um, they so, were going to
1: redesign him. Or something,
0: uh, they didn't like that they that they had a live mascot, and so the students believed that performances to be a mockery oh, okay. of Indian religious practices. In January 71, the Native American students met with the university president. To discuss the end of the mascot performances. In February 72, 55 Native American students and staff at Stanford presented a petition. Um, and then in 72, the petition earned the use of the Indian symbol be permanently discontinued. The university decided in 1972 that any and all Stanford University use of the Indian symbol should be immediately disavowed and permanently stopped. And every year, the administration has affirmed its commitment by saying simply the mascot issue is not up for a vote yeah
1: have 72 mm. you, you know i just my personal take on that i've just i i've never felt a mascot is a symbol of uh, of mockery or no. weakness or anything to me it celebrates strength uh, yeah, yeah no matter what it is, whether it be an animal or a group of people or whatever yeah it uh it, you're, you're you're taking in the the strongest characters of, of that people, not the, the negative characters
0: of, of, of yeah, that type of people. It's, it's, strength, and, it's strength it's commitment. It's teamwork. It's perseverance. It's courage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, when I was, uh, my junior high, uh, pointer junior high school in Hillsborough, um, originally they were the, weren't they originally the Redskins? They were the Redskins. And then they, yeah. and then they became the Indians to, to tone it down. And then they renamed them to the Patriots because of the same kind of concept that, yeah. uh, no, Stanford had there, but I'm like, so you get rid of the Indians and you make the Patriots. So we well, get rid of native Americans and we celebrate American military. I don't quite
0: yeah.
1: well, get how that was a win for anybody.
0: Well, the Patriots had just gone to the super bowl in
1: 85. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. But they freaking played the bears. I'd yeah, rather been destroyed bears. I know,
0: but do you know why, do you know, why do you know where the Redskins name came from? No. So, you know, little family history here, Beach. Our dad was one of the first classes through that school, and they got to vote on the mascot. Oh, okay. And they picked redskins because when they would be out playing football, they were usually the skins. Oh. And they'd get sunburned. Did you know shirts really? and skins? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It had really nothing to do with Indians. It... <laughs> so anyways it's fun. but people take what they want out of it so anyways so i i was also- always
1: I, was, I always loved Glencoe high school where both you and i graduated because uh, it was the crimson tide and probably people would think of it as like a, a red tide of water where actually it was the flowing crimson clover that uh blew in the wind uh where the property where Glencoe ended up being built because it was on farmland
0: yep
1: so yeah it was it was the crimson tide of crimson clover
0: yep so, beach. It was a great game. It was a g- excellent tailgater.
1: It's a great tailgater. It was the Billy. It was the f- Catalina wine mixer.
0: Not great. I just had to bleep that out. So,
1: <laughs> you better so,
0: keep your finger on that button. <laughs> so, um, it was. You no, know, it was great. We, uh, we, uh, we did over hundred sandwiches. Um, I think people had a great time. I I we had to and we we had well over a hundred people. Oh, there. it was a ton of people, ton of people. Yeah. So and so. I like I said I think people enjoyed everything. I thought you know we've had those t- the, even
1: there, there was quite a few huskies that joined us too and they seemed to have a good time.
0: Yeah, and we had um, those new tables that Greg built. Mm-hmm. I thought were were great with the uh, umbrellas that Gibby had bought and purchased and donated. I thought those mm-hmm. were great. Just another place to people stand and eat and talk and. I just thought it was a great tailgater. We were able yeah. to watch. We were able to watch the uh, end of the Stanford Oregon game, and it was just, mm-hmm. it was a great time. Perfect weather for an early October game in Corvallis.
1: Oh, not too hot,
0: not too cold. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just need a light sweater.
0: We also um, had the guys that run the video board got in contact with us. Wanted uh, to know if they'd come get sandwiches. Uh, we said sure. Jeremiah. 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 He's a friend of friend of Kurtz. Kurtz of Kurtz. We made them sandwiches, and then they put us on the on the scoreboard at halftime,
1: and then even <laughs> so sent awesome. us the
0: video clip of it.
1: Oh, uh, so good! Yeah. So. Anyways. We're, we're kind of a big deal.
0: Thirty years of being there, we're finally on the video board.
1: Yeah, exactly. Up
0: in section ten, that gets ignored. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. It was great. So. Anyways, excellent tailgater and a perfect weekend.
1: Yep. Yep. So. All
0: right, Beach. I sure hope,
1: I sure hope Oregon state gets their freaking uh, 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 entry figured out Well, because not,
0: that's another this thing is
1: taken forever.
0: Well, and that's another week where we are up there and they didn't even scan our tickets.
1: No, they just no. looked at him and let us your, go in. They, they check your vaccination status. And even then, you know, kinda. they're not checking that hard.
0: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah.
1: Kinda. Yeah. You, you could, you could have a, a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of your brother's, uh, sister's, girlfriend's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, boyfriend's barber's card and they'd probably take it, but, uh, but that's okay. It
0: makes them feel good. Yep. So, but, um, well, beach, let's look at the pack 12 in the polls after this week. Um, I, I heard Oregon
1: state got a couple of votes.
0: Well, Oregon is the highest-ranked Pac-12 team. They actually dropped five spots after the loss to number eight. Arizona State entered the poll at number 22. And Oregon State is in the others receiving votes category with 27 points, which if you added everything up, they would be 28th.
1: Now, our is, And also
0: Stanford and UCLA also got votes.
1: Now, is Arizona State and Oregon State the only two teams that are still undefeated? In, in the, the Pac-12? 12?
0: I believe so, yes.
1: Wow, so I, everybody's really beat each other up pretty heavily.
0: Well, yeah, but you're only at week two.
1: Yeah, I know, but I mean, that's just surprising that we've had that much inconsistency. Yeah, that's true, that's true. You know? Yeah, I mean, you would think by week two, you typically still have maybe, what, four or five undefeated teams?
0: It, yeah, you'd think, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it just shows a lot of parity in the, in the league. Yeah. People keep mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, Oregon State's leading the North." I'm like, "Well, yeah, but you've played two games. Mm-hmm. You haven't even played 25% of the conference season. You know, this yeah. week, once this one, they'll have a third of the season done. It's just it's to me, it's 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 too early."
1: No, I mean no, but it is exciting though. It's neat to it's neat to have Oregon State uh, starting off so well.
0: I agree. And in the USA Today coaches poll, Beach. Oregon fell six spots to number nine Arizona state popped into the into the top 10 or top 25 at number 25 and Oregon Mm -hmm. state is in the others receiving votes category with 27 votes and which would be good enough for 30th place okay so that's cool you're getting you're getting votes yeah and people worry about that I don't care about rankings no I don't care if you win games rankings don't matter And I know certain people out there worry about the college playoff. I—I'll say this right now. Every—I know some people get mad at me. I don't care about the college playoff. There's one game at the end I worry about. There's one game I want to see the Beavs in. Mm -hmm. We won't mention that game, but I have never seen the Beavs in that game, and that's the one thing I want. I don't care about the playoff. I don't care about the national championship. I care about one game in Pasadena on January 1st, period. I don't care about anything else. The college playoff national championship can go away for all I care. They've destroyed the bowl games. The bowl games were the best. mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. To me, it made it more fun. Yep.
0: So. So, anyways. That's where I'm at. That's all I care about. All right. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville.
1: What's he think I look like?
0: A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. Every week we have to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it's actually going to a coach. Ooh. In the Pac-12. Tommy Tuberville? Tommy Tuberville is a senator now. Oh. So Beach on Sunday, Colorado Athletic Director Rick George apologized on behalf of Buffalo's football coach Carl Durrell, who shoved a photojournalist camera while trotting off Folsom Field following a blowout loss to USC on Saturday. Side note, editorial here, Beach. The uh-huh. athletic director's name is Rick George. Never trust a guy whose last with name's two, a first name.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, never trust a man with two first names. Yep. Yeah. No, no I'm no. totally, I'm totally in agreement with that.
0: Yep. Anyways, just putting that in there. This is what he said, Beach. Quote Coach Durrell sends his apologies to the local journalist who he intercepted after today's game. We treat journalists with respect and apologize for falling short of that today. That was a tweet that he sent out. Now, Tim Wyland, vice president and general manager of CBS affiliate KCNC-TV in Denver, tweeted. Quote, I just spoke with Rick. I appreciate his genuine concern for our photojournalist and a sincere apology, along with the apology from Coach Durrell. Now, Beach Durrell was not asked about the incident, nor did he mention it in his postgame news conference. A short video clip was posted on social media a few hours after the game. Now, Durrell apologized in a statement released by the university on Sunday. He said, Quote, I want to apologize for the incident at the end of our game Saturday. We do value the media and the coverage they provide for our program, and this was strictly in the heat of the moment. That's not who I am, and I hope people who have known me through the years do realize that. I did reach out and spoke directly this morning to the videographer from CBS4 and personally apologized to him. End quote. And, Beats, this was just stupid. because the guy, Did, you, did the, you see? I, I, I watched I, the clip.
1: Well, I don't have a video.
0: It's, it's not like he was in front of him. It's not like he was shoving the cameras in his face. He was kind of down low shooting up at him as Darrell was watching out, walking out the field. And he ran by and just kind of swung his hand out at him. And it's like, why the hell did you even do that? I understand you're pissed. I understand you're not, you don't like which way things are going. You don't like the outcome of the game, mm-hmm. but why the hell would you do that? It was just dumb.
1: Yeah. Cause I was going to, I was going I to say if, if they get in his face, that's rude, you
0: mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
1: Um, I, I think a lot of times press, um, are almost too they're, they're just darn too pushy mm-hmm. uh, to get right in front of people's faces when they really don't want to talk yeah um, but if if this isn't the case and he went out of his way to shove them then well, he's got some anger and management he, he issues.
0: didn't he didn't really shove him but he just kind of pushed him I mean it wasn't horrible but it was just stupid like, mm-hmm. why the hell would you do that so I I just I don't understand and he's not the guy I could see losing his cool like that Mm-hmm. It's just not, never seen from him. He's always pretty cool and he doesn't show a lot of emotion. So it just surprised me. But then the tweet coming out from the AD, I just thought that was a little jackassy too. But,
1: anyways. I, I, th- I think he's a, gr- a, a big boy. He can probably handle his own fights.
0: Yep. So, so, or his own apologies. Yep. So, Colorado coach, Collar Durrell, for that display of stupidity, you get this week's oh uh, no! jackass of the week okay beach moving on it is my week to pick the song from 1991 and i'm gonna pick a song that's a little bit derivative of the time a lot of people think it's a song from 1992 but it was actually released and released as a single in 1991 mm. but what i like about it is the the story behind the title of the song because i always thought it was one way but it's really not so the, the song is by nirvana and it smells like teen spirit and it's their opening track and lead single from the band's second album nevermind which was released in september of 1991 now, the okay. the song was actually released as a single in 91, but it didn't actually top the charts until 1992. But that's okay, because it came out in 91.
1: Yep, yeah, totally justified. So now,
0: the Smells Like Teen Spirit was Nirvana's biggest hit in most countries, charting high on music industry charts around the world in 91 and 92, including topping the charts of Belgium, France, New Zealand, and Spain. And the iconic music video for the song is based on the concept of a high school pep rally, which ends in chaos and riot, inspired by Jonathan Kaplan's 1979 film *Over the Edge*, and the Ramones' film *Rock and Roll High School*. And it actually won two MTV Video Music Awards.
1: Now, what were you going to say? I, oh, I always remember uh, Weird Al's parody to this, yeah. where they've got Dick Van Patten yeah. sitting on the bench. Yeah. So.
0: Now, singer and guitarist Kurt Cobain began writing it a few weeks before the recording of the second album in 1991. He said it was an attempt to write a song in the style of the Pixies, a band he really liked. Now, when Cobain presented the song to his bandmates, it comprised just the main guitar riff and the chorus vocal melody. Um, Cobain said the riff was cliched, similar to a riff by the band Boston or the song Louie Louie. Now, bassist Chris Novoselic dismissed it as ridiculous. So in response, Cobain made the band play it for an hour and a half. Eventually, Novoselic began playing it more slowly, inspiring drummer Dave Grohl to create the drum beat, which drew from disco artists like the Gap Band. Now, as a result, it is the only song that Nirvana put out to credit all three band members as writers. Huh. But here's the interesting part, Beach. Do you know where the title comes from?
1: I have no idea.
0: Do you know what teen spirit is?
1: I don't think so.
0: Well, Beach, the title derives from a phrase written on Cobain's wall by his friend Kathleen Hanna, who was a singer of the, of the all-girl band Bikini Kill. She wrote, Kurt smells like teen spirit. Hannah meant that Cobain smelled like the deodorant teen spirit, which she and Toby Vale, Cobain's then-girlfriend, had discovered during a trip to the grocery store. Now, Cobain said he was unaware of the deodorant until months after the single was released and had interpreted it as a revolutionary slogan as they had been discussing punk rock. So do you, So it doesn't even exist anymore, but it was there was teen spirit. The commercial was like, teen
1: spirit? It's a f- Teen Spirit and made for you and your generation. Teen Spirit, a physical sensation with fragrance is made for you. Teen Spirit, the harder you play, the harder it works. Teen Spirit.
0: Just teens, Teen Spirit. you remember the commercials for it?
1: I'm going to have to Google that.
0: Okay. But you can Google uh, YouTube the the Teen Spirit commercials.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: always thought it was him making fun of like big corporations trying to advertised to to kids like oh here you'll smell like teen spirit you know
1: and to see i i and, always,
0: and so she I was always, making fun of it but he had no idea what teen spirit was
1: i always just kind of because it goes back to the music video i always just figured it was like smells like a tap rally you know just you know just like it smells like communism you That's, know kind of uh, same kind con- of concept you know like when you go through eugene smells like communism yeah you know? yeah 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 like well you, so- you, you go like smells like Teen Spirit, smells smells like a pep rally, you know. Smells smells cheesy and stupid and 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 just ridiculous because that's how he felt the pep rally was.
0: Yeah, well, so Teen Spirit was, but it's not even in the song. No, because he thought it was just a slogan. Okay, he didn't realize it was an actual thing. So it looks mm-hmm. like it's still around. It was released in '91. Son of a bitch, it's still around. Huh. Holy cow! I didn't know it was I obviously don't go walking down the deodorant line. Um,
1: I kind I kind of got my go to, and I don't really look at anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Is that something people do? Do you switch up deodorants very often, or just kind of you know, your standard? And that's what you stay with until you just kind of ride yeah. that one out until you die.
0: Yeah, probably. But yeah. yeah so they still make. Them. <laughs> Anyways, after I, so I I thought the song title, like I said, was making fun of like big corporations and you know was talking about them saying oh this is what teens should smell like teen spirit i thought Mm -hmm. it was kind of a commentary on that nope he just thought it was a cool punk rock saying so anyways with all of that here is smells like teen spirit by nirvana i didn't even know the deodorant was still made
1: you you know that song cracks me up when he goes uh my libido what did he say a mosquito my libido yeah you know it's like he was just trying to rhyme words trying
0: to find words that rhymed (laughs) it's so punk rock
1: it really is (laughs) you you know didn't they have to bring on a secondary guitarist because kurt cobain was so messed up that he couldn't focus on singing and playing the guitar at the same time
0: well eh, i don't know about that i don't think so i think they're always a three-piece but i've seen no they
1: brought in that one guy remember there's
0: that one weird looking dude
1: they brought in when they did the uh, unplugged on on mtv
0: well that's a little different that's a little yeah but he
1: was no but he joined the band he was in the band
0: yeah i don't know but but that's a little different when you're doing the unplugged because uh, because of what that is so bringing additional musicians that that's a little different but uh, I have seen video of Kurt Cobain when he'd go in and he would just get pissed. Like he was gonna, he was on TV, I think, somewhere in Europe, and he was pissed about something. So he just stood mm-hmm. in one spot and just kind of played and sang like this, da-da-da, da-da-da, and sang really monotone and put nothing into it because he was just uh-huh. he was just pissed. And I'm like, I understand you're pissed, but all you're doing is shitting on the fans that came to see it.
1: I remember him doing. Uh headbangers ball back in the day and he came in wearing a ball gown yeah yep. yeah he like dressed in drag Yep. and then i remember remember um the like the first date dave Grohl met kurt cobain they hopped in a taxi or something together and dave said yeah i was eating this apple and he goes i goes i'm just just young kid and he goes as i looked over at kurt and said dude you want to bite an apple and kurt's like no they make my gums bleed <laughs>
0: Alright, Beach. Let's start previewing week number six in the Pac-12. This will oh, be the halfway point for the Beeves.
1: Oh, halfway. Yeah, we're halfway through the tailgaters now, too, right?
0: Yep. Three to go. Three down, three to go. Bees have four wins. They need two more to get bowl eligible. That's the first mm. thing I want. Go to a bowl game. When more yep. games do you lose when more games than you lose? Go to a bowl game. Yep. All right. So, Beach... Uh, we have game one game on Friday and three games on Saturday. First up, okay. Friday, Stanford at Arizona State.
1: That should be a good game. I think Stanford so. Stanford coming off of a very strong win. ASU being very dominant in the South. Um, I'm going to go with ASU.
0: He just taken ASU.
1: I just, I don't think Stanford's going to perform in the heat. And uh, I think it's going to be ASU's advantage.
0: All right. Kyle says, a great weekend to be a beaver. ASU at Stanford, Sun Devils turn that Cardinal to a bright sunburn red. ASU. I am going to take Stanford. Ooh, look at you, Billy, being different. I don't think uh, ASU is very disciplined, and I think Stanford is super disciplined. Hmm. So. That's where I'm going. All right. Okay. Next up, we've got three games on Saturday, but we're only going to pick two. First up, Utah at USC.
1: I hear the bells, the the hell's bells playing at USC. So we're going to
0: take USC. Okay. I, too, am taking USC. Kyle says the Trojans wrap up Utah, USC. There you go. Next, Kyle with his condom humor. All right, next up, UCLA at Arizona.
1: UCLA at Arizona.
0: Yep. I am taking UCLA. Kyle says UCLA, but still f Chip Kelly.
1: I concur with Kyle.
0: Arizona's terrible. So I just think UCLA have too much offense for him. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's our picks for the week. All right, Beach, in the last game, Oregon State at Washington State. If we were picking that game, we would all take Oregon State, I imagine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kyle says Oregon State, and then they run off with their cheese because you know Washington State does make good cheese.
1: They do make good cheese. That sounds good. We should uh, we should uh, get some cheese. Mm-hmm. Do something with it. Possibly have a family. Yeah, Jess maybe and have I, a family movie night.
0: Jess and I were kind of contemplating going to the game, mm-hmm. but I just, I just don't think we're. I, I don't think we're it's going a, to.
1: it's a long freaking drive
0: up to it's nowhere. It's eight, eight and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and there's just nothing out there.
1: No, no, it's not like you can go like, oh, while we're
0: up there, let's go to. Um. Pretty
1: uh, much.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, so, I mean, the only thing that might be worthwhile, but it's still way the hell out of the way would be Coeur lane.
0: Yeah, well, but that's going over in Idaho then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we're just, uh, we talked about it and we decided, you know what? And it's funny, I told her, I was, it's not the drive there, it's the drive home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the worst part. So we decided what it was, and it's a one o'clock game, which isn't bad because you could still potentially drive home after mm-hmm. the game hmm but we're like screw it we're just gonna stay home watch on tv
1: yeah you get good sp- angles good good yeah. shots or sp- do we know what 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 time is the game one o'clock one o'clock
0: yep we
1: are contemplating what, what
0: going down to berkeley next month mm-hmm. maybe going down there but we'll see um it's on pack 12 okay yep so all right, so that's that for this week. But Beege, we've had some requests. People like your trials and travails of your um, fast food restaurant going. Being a single guy, you you eat out a lot.
1: Uh, every 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 night, every day.
0: Yes. Now, yes. We, We've also I've also mentioned that
1: they've heard those. Never st- never, never used my, you ever used my oven in my house, and we're now here six years. What am I here? Six, six years, yeah. yeah
0: and the, the cardboard's still in your oven. It's a gorgeous yep. oven too. I remember one time I was over doing something for a, a a party for you, and I said, "Well, I need to use your oven." And you looked at me like, "Please don't use my oven. Is there anything you, you else know, we can, can do?"
1: Can, can Can I tell you? So after I bought the oven, the the sales gal at um, oh shoot, what was it? Um, Standard Standard TV yeah, Standard TV Appliance. She calls me up and she tries to pitch pitch me to buy an extended warranty. And I said, I really don't need to buy an extended warranty. I'm not going to use it. And, and she got pissy with me. She literally got pissy and told me I was lying to her. And I'm like, you bitch. (laughs) I'm like, you know, for one thing, I don't lie. I sure as hell ain't going to lie to somebody as worthless as you. And, (laughs) and why in the hell do you mean just rude as hell, you know? (laughs) And so I don't even want to use the son of a bitch just had a spite for that bitch. Yeah. So I was going to use a different word there but I toned it down because I didn't want you to hit the button too many times. <laughs> all
0: right. So yeah. anyways, after all that I told them they've never heard the cheese sauce story. So okay. So Beach Beach has a story. This happened a number of years ago.
1: It's like I, I was trying to figure it's like 20 years ago now I
0: yeah. think.
1: It- I think I was in I think I was in my early to late 20s.
0: Yeah. So, so 20 20 plus years ago. And this happened. Now understand, people, just just be ready for this. I will bleep out any F bombs or worst words. I, I let some of the softer curses go. But understand, this works him up every time he tells a story. And it was twenty some odd years ago. I hold grudges. Oh yes you, you do. You know, my,
1: my 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 old pastor, uh, Pastor Wickner once said, he says, you know, as as a, as good Lutherans, he says we learn to bury the hatchet. But uh, he says it doesn't mean we don't draw a map so we know where it is again. So, um, Beach has anyway.
0: Maps. All right, Beach. So here <laughs> is the cheese sauce story.
1: Okay, so like Billy said, it was about twenty some years ago. It was a Sunday, probably around eleven o'clock. We just I went with mom and dad to church, and kind of a tradition that we've always had after church. Not not like every Sunday, but we would often go even as kids billy if you remember we would always go to to wendy's after church for some reason
0: oh yeah we, that was remember back when, when wendy's kids? had
1: breakfast oh they had a really good breakfast back then they had platters yeah back really when we good. were kids yeah yeah so well this, this one i we go to church and we this we get there around 11 30 so at this point it was lunchtime so we go into this wendy's and this is the wendy's off of cornea's pass behind the Embry farmstead um, McMiniman's right next to the Fred Myers, if you guys know where Hillsboro's is, yeah, out in Hillsborough, kind of over by Hillsborough Stadium. Anyway, so we go there and we went there like almost every Sunday we would go there, right? Get done with church, feeling all good, forgiven, you know, life is good, and uh, walk into this place and there was a line going into the Wendy, you know, to, to take your orders. It wasn't drive through, we were going to sit in. And there's a kid in the front, and he's rocking two registers, right? I mean, he's nailing it. I mean, I'm like, oh, this dude's awesome. And he's going back and forth between the two registers, trying to get people through, making people's orders and stuff. And so I'm like, dude's awesome. So I go up there. He says, what can I get you? I said, I'd like a junior bacon cheeseburger, a 99-cent fry at the time, and a 99-cent Coke. So everything was on the 99-cent menu. So the, the, and then I said, and then I want a side of cheese sauce because I love my cheese sauce. and want cheese sauce from my fries. And the guy comes back and he says, okay, that'll be two ninety-six. And I'm like, did you get the cheese sauce? And he's like, yeah, I'm not worried. I don't know how to ring that up, so don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. I said, okay, cool. You know, I'm like, it's just cheese sauce. It's not going to end the world. And the, the guy was doing an awesome job. And I, but I did ask him, you know, because I didn't – I I, I want to pay for what I buy. And so I, I give him my $3. Well, his manager is – and, and he's just kind of a dick. Anyway, he comes up to me. And or he's, he's, the kid's rocking the two registers. And well, that was what happened, before he even got up there, he's rocking two registers. And the manager comes up there and goes, one register. I'm like, you f- dick. The guy's rocking two registers, getting people out here. And you slow his ass down because you don't hire enough people to handle for the freaking Sunday rush, rush. So I finally get up there, order, get my, $390, or my $296 worth of items. And then the manager comes over and looks over his shoulder. And then he looks back, and the kid's getting ready to get the cheese sauce, and he stops him. He looks at it, and then he comes up to me, and he says, you're 30, you're $0.35 cents short. I'm like, no, but I'll pay for the cheese sauce. I'm not short. It wasn't like I was trying to screw you. I was going to pay for it if he, if he rang it up right, but he didn't. You could have said it a hell of a lot nicer than freaking short. You make me feel like a thief, you prick. And so then I'm getting ready to pull the extra dollar out of my wallet. The manager goes over there to scoop up the cheese sauce, right? And he comes over with this cup. And it is not a cup of cheese sauce, it is a cup of the burnt off the top of the goddamn cheese sauce container. I have never seen anybody scoop the shit off the top of a goddamn cheese sauce container and serve that to somebody and call that food and then have the gall to charge him 35 cents for that (laughs) and i mean i i pull my dollar and i'm ready to hand it to him and he puts that on the tram like what the hell is that and he's like that's cheese sauce i'm like that is not cheese sauce i said that's a burnt (laughs) off the top of the cheese sauce and i said while i'm at it i said you had an employee here that was rocking two registers and instead you freaking made him do one which made me wait in line longer and then you have the gall to serve to me god damn son of a bitch. And I'm like, I pull my dollar back. I'm like, you keep your f***ing cheese sauce. And I walk back with, goat. I mean, I'm freaking pissed at this point. Goddamn bastard. And so I'm sitting there and mom and dad are like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, f***ing fuck sucker trying to charge me for a bunch of shit. <laughs> and so anyway... I I freaking go back, and I'm sitting there with mom and dad, and I'm facing the kitchen, right? Mom and dad are facing the the front window. I'm facing the kitchen. I'm just glaring at this son of a bitch. I'm like, you fucking call me a thief. You try to serve me a bunch of shit, and then you have the gall to act that you're a good manager, you know? And so then, I mean, I'm just glaring at this son of a bitch. And then this old couple sitting next to us. They probably just got done with church, too. They're like, all right, is everything okay over there? I'm like, it's just fine. I said, this son of a bitch over there tried to serve me some shit cheese sauce. So anyway... Then the goddamn son of a bitch—he doesn't take enough. He has to come and confront me, right? So he comes out there and he holds the little cup of cheese sauce, right? And he's like, "It is our policy to charge thirty-five cents for cheese sauce." And he puts it on the tray. Of course, this is a nice, beautiful, pristine cup of cheese sauce that he didn't creep the you know scrape it off the top of. and and acts as if that's the (laughs) he presented to me up on the counter and I'm like you ass I said how dare you present that as the stuff you presented up to me there and I said I pay a freaking five dollars for some good cheese sauce but I won't pay a dollar for the you tried to serve and I sure as hell don't want it now (laughs) he just walked away I freaking threw I done with my my lunch I threw my stuff in the ray, I left that cup of cheese sauce on the goddamn counter and I left and I haven't been to that Wendy's since (laughs) Twenty some odd years ain't gonna get another dollar from me. The freaking bastard!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh beach, you, you get so fired up every time you tell that story.
1: Is oh, it is it oh, bad? Is
0: it bad that I enjoy it this much?
1: A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, oh uh, beach, you yep. know I, I i like cheese sauce. Yes, you, you do. know. You know, like I mean, you and I can attest. Like when we were kids, we go to Walt Disney World, and we'd always go to the restaurants that served, you know, self self uh, served cheese sauce.
0: Oh yeah, it was the you best. You could
1: get it at uh, yeah, the Odyssey Restaurant in Epcot had it at the time. Uh, the Backlot Express had it at uh, the Studios, mm-hmm. and uh, the Tomorrowland Terrace had it at uh, at the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And and we could just cover your burger and your fries with cheese sauce. Oh my God, that was so good. And you know what? That cheese sauce didn't have any burnt on top of it so anyway
0: okay all right Beige. well there you go for those who requested it there's the G-Sus story and uh we might make his uh his fast food uh adventures uh, a, a, a semi-permanent maybe, maybe just a show and just cooking adventures Beige, just in cooking Beige. shorts yeah adventures yeah. in beach
1: you know, I I've, I've often wondered if my life was a reality show if it would be that entertaining because I really do think so. So, you know, as I was telling a, a friend of mine, I said, "You know, I said, the first so when you wake up in the morning, Billy, what who's what is the first words you hear?" I don't know. Does does Jess say something to you?
0: No, cuz I usually get up before her.
1: Okay, so she doesn't even need before you leave or anything. She doesn't say goodbye or anything.
0: No, I'm saying about her because usually I'm up. She she works, you know, a three minute drive from home. Mm-hmm. I've got mm-hmm. I've got a forty five minute drive in front of me. So, well, well, I, every I've once been in single. a while I'll see her, but every once in a while she'll be out before I leave. But it's usually just the boys and I. Right now it's only okay. Gunner and I. Okay, I but Gunner
1: still school. talks to you, right? Because you oh, take yeah. Gunner to school. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so anyway, so like for me. The the first words that I hear, I mean, and I've been single for how am I old now? Like forty six years old, so I've been single for about forty four years of my life, about right, pretty close to that. Pretty, yeah. And and uh, so the first words that I hear every morning, first words that uh, of a live person outside the radio, uh, is, "Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today?" <laughs> Literally, that that's the first person to talk to me, like five out of seven days a week. Is the old lady at the McDonald's right now? Uh, she's actually got a really obnoxious McDonald's. How can I help you? She's oh, single. No, oh, no, she's she's like she's she's probably on social security. And she's got a really oh, obnoxious.
0: So you could get, a a get real, the survivor benefits. Well, I could I could maybe, maybe be an option there. So
1: there used to be, you know, you know, I, I do laugh because everybody, uh, we all have our McDonald's. I don't, I don't know if our listeners have that, but like. I've always had like my McDonald's. Like growing up, my McDonald's was on tenth street in Hillsborough. Oh yeah. That was my one. McDonald's growing up. Yep. And and then when mom and dad moved out further out towards uh on Glencoe or off of Evergreen in Hillsboro, then what we affectionately called the McDonald's in BFE, which was the McDonald's in North Plains, was my McDonalds. And that was my McDonald's up until I moved here essentially well uh, when I moved in while I was building this house and I was renting a room for Maria then my McDonald's was one over off 158th for about eight or nine months and then uh, when I came here my McDonald's is now the McDonald's in Woodburg that's, mm. that's my McDonald's in the morning but uh, it's it's just funny how you have your McDonald's you know that, that that's my McDonald's that's fine you know so yeah kind of like you, you but anyway so that's, that's that's my story there <sighs> anyway. Alrighty,
0: what do we got? Anything else? I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 165 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion or ask a question. HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter or HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, leave a rating review. Beach! LA It was a perfect weekend. I hope next week we have we have another Oh, does Oregon play next week? They've got the week off, don't they? Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, they must. Yeah, they have the week off, so. Well we can have a perfect weekend, but we can have a great weekend. Mm-hmm. The bees can get another game closer to getting bowl eligible. Absolutely. Hope for that. Other than that, I think we'll wrap this up with a great big go bees. my voice is kind of messed up
1: I'm I'm trying to make a point here you just gotta do it okay I think we're going
0: we're going okay no um <clears throat> my voice is hammered um we got
1: uh where's that one the
0: other thing there we go.
1: somebody asked me if I had a sore throat today I said a little bit
0: yep yep For UCLA, quarterback, what's his name? Daryl? What's his name, Beach? I have no idea, Billy. So it's Thompson Robinson, but I can't think of his first name.
1: I, I have co workers that I, that I don't know their names after I worked them for three years. I think I can remember a name of a quarterback of a team that's not ours.
0: <laughs> there you go. So this is what George said. Quote. Coach Darrell Dur- sends his apologies to the f- local photojournalist. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number one sixty-five. A little bit.
1: I like beer.